This is the Retags Podcast. In association with the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation and the University of Cape Town, Retags is the reimagining tragedy from Africa and the Global South. In this limited series, we will be exploring and contextualizing themes of tragedy as they relate to the inaugural production of the Retags Project, Antigone, Not Quite Quiet, presented by the University of Cape Town and the Magnet Theater. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Retags Podcast. I'm your host, Emma. In this episode, I sat down with Craig, who is the designer on the show. Now, I know it's hard to talk about design in an audio format, but we did our best in trying to describe what we, or what Craig rather, really wanted to accomplish with the visuals when it came to the show. There were a lot of unexpected turns, but in the end, it was a really great conversation about the way that art can change people and how the visuals invoke certain emotions, and it was a really good time all around. Another fair warning for this one, this was also recorded in the open foyer of the rehearsal space. You may hear people chatting and rehearsing and door slamming. <laughs> So the overarching question is, what does tragedy mean to you? Oh, personally, Mm -hmm. tragedy, I suppose, means to me it would be something that happens that is absolutely devastating and something that you cannot turn back from. Something that is life-changing, earth-changing, (laughs) earth-shattering. That would be a really unfortunate incident on that scale. Yeah. Mm. So, because you're designing this and you're sort of approaching it from a visual standpoint, Mm -hmm. what does tragedy look like for you? Ooh, it's a very good question. In terms of the the visual image for tragedy, um, it because of the, the because of the, the the style that we're working in it's it's more about the body um, rather than um, physical things in the space like tables chairs and scenery mm-hmm. it's about what is happening to the body in the space in relation to the space that you've created more than a, a kind of a like a chasm opening up and swallowing people or something like that do you know what I mean that's for a want of a better example so for me it's very much about <clears throat> an internal an internal and a physical um, manifestation in the space that that, uh, has been created that changes it forever and that makes it very difficult to come back from yeah yeah so keeping keeping that part in mind what I see sort of what you have brought in in terms of the clothing but this is um, an audio format so they can't see it no thank (laughs) god it's it's a changing (laughs) So, but what, like, describe, like, what you've chosen here okay. and, like, how it fits into the story for right. you. So there, I mean, it's, uh, for those who are listening, there are three parts to this thing. <laughs> yeah. The first part is as many talking to the grave. Now, that dress is not here. The costumes that you're talking about sitting there for the chorus in the second act, and they represent Antigone. Um, and we were looking at various options. One of the options was this idea of, obviously with the chorus you want to unify them in some kind of way. Um, so we had to find what are the unifying elements and what are the things that make them different. In the, in the two sets of costumes that we are currently looking at that you can't see, the one on the left was our first choice where we looked at the idea of Antigone being 
a revolutionary in a way. Um, she stood up against a government at the time, uh, a female as well, so a female revolutionary. So we looked at looking at ca camouflage trousers um, with an African, because it's an African tragedy or an African interpretation, uh, with African headscarves from all over Africa, just to bring Africa into the picture, to give it an African texture, I suppose, and unify the company by using headscarves, which is a very African uh, form of, of, of uh, dress. Um, what we found when we put it on them is they it didn't didn't end up looking the way we thought it would look. Mm -hmm. So we kind of like moved away from it. It ended up looking and did end up looking like child um, soldiers. Oh dear. Which is not what we were looking no. for at all. Yeah. So we kind of back backed away from it. It just wasn't working and and there's also the danger now because of the way that camouflage has been used in contemporary dress that you could look like you're going on a safari. Oh interestingly yeah. enough. Yeah. It's really and it's not something you would think until you see it on yeah. stage you think oh god no that's not what we want yeah um and also it wasn't feminine enough that is also an interesting point because yeah. even though antigone is is a woman of course you want to keep that feminine aspect but a, a good chunk of the course is male yeah well there's a good four of them that are male but even the girls a lot of the girls are, are very but especially women today they've got quite an you know they've the sex thing is it's there's more of an androgynous kind of it can slip into androgyny very easily yeah um, which is not really what we wanted to we wanted to be quite specific about the fact that this is a story about women Ismini being a woman Antigone being a woman and then the interesting uh, part is Tavisius the end who is both yeah sort um, of that androgynous yeah so he he brings the androgyny yeah. in, in a way. Yeah. we start to go there because the second option for Antigone the next round that we're going to look at are black dresses okay um for all the cast so everyone is in a black dress boys girls everyone and then just we, the antigone part yeah okay and then we bring the scarves back in to to um talk about africa okay. the black dress in a way i mean some of them are evening dresses some of them look like they could be from something you would wear to church some of them yeah i was thinking in like what it what i'm just looking at it with sort of the length and the sleeve it yeah. sort of invokes without even seeing it morning. on a body not just morning but also gospel choirs yes so yeah. some of them will look like that um and then some of them are a little sexier okay. <laughs> so there's a little spaghetti strap here and oh. there there's something that's more eveningy and then some of them look a little bit of what you can see hanging on the back there looks more like a gospel choir so i have my sense is that's going to feel a lot more it's going to sit nicely on stage yeah. um with the actors i see it at the moment yeah i think it's gonna be quite powerful and then the brightly colored african scars on top of that's going yeah. to make it really punchy and um very different to ismini at the beginning um, who's sort of in this sort of drab well scarf. she um yeah so what we, when she started working i thought what, what are we going to put it in and then she um because she's so lost i mean she's she's cursed and she's wandering around repeating herself over and over in this awful loop um and she's ancient by this stage that she's lost her mind slightly and then she's um she's got it she's got it all the wrong way around so her dress is being worn incorrectly the wrong way around inside out her hair is um is falling out she's of the theater so she's gonna have a lot of makeup on and by of the theater i mean that's how we're looking at act one yeah, yeah, yeah. and and then the dress is quite translucent so the thing is that she keeps going that she isn't being seen she hasn't been seen no one's hearing her 
Um, but in fact, she is being seen, and nobody wants to hear her. <laughs> that's yeah. my interpretation. No, and that's, and I mean, when we're talking about sort of the relationship between Antigone and Ismene, mm. the only one who is hearing Ismene is Antigone. Correct. And so I think that that's that's an, it, that's an interesting interpretation of it. I think yeah. I think it put in a put in a specific context. I think it could really really work. Yeah, and then also within the African context of the white. I mean, just let's go white black. I mean, so Ismene's being played by a white older woman. Um, the the chorus of Antigone are predominantly the, uh, uh, black young people. So we are literally putting the old old white lady still ranting on about not being heard and being left out and forgotten and yeah. and, and so there's an interesting dilemma that arises out yeah, of the putting these two things against each other yeah i i really and i just sort of figured this out while i was or i guess figured out i was told <laughs> that about sort of that dynamic because i didn't see it for myself until i talked to jenny about mm. it which I felt kind of dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, oh no, yeah, duh. But I think, like as I as I said to Jenny, I think that's just because I'm American and that I've been sort of right. trained to sort of n- not think about it that way, yeah, which yeah. is wrong and not the way it should be. But that's well, it's just, like yeah. you know, it's it's just making a, a point. Yeah, a no, specific I, point. It's not to say that that is the truth of every white woman <laughs> living in South Africa. Oh no, but no, 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 yeah. But also the fact that the lights are going out on her all the way through the act is that there's an it's almost like the, an era coming to an end in a way. Oh, and I a didn't new know era. that about the lights. Yeah, so the whole of the act one it starts in brighter light and fades so that eventually she's in the dark. That's and then really act two starts in the dark and slowly brightens so much so that the audience is blinded. That's an interesting choice. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So there there is this kind of sense of um, a faded hist- a history that's fading away. Um, with the promise of something new to come, and yet this new thing that's come, this this Antigone um, voice, which was was a promise like a beautiful rainbow in the sky when you know Mandela was released, and it was this exquisite moment in South African history where this promise, this of 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 almost like a kind of a what do you call it, a, a paradise. Um, there was a moment of that glimmering hope of paradise that then quickly the reality of which broke down and we are left with a very disillusioned, very angry society. Yeah. Actually, not only just black young people, but most people are just like, well, what happened? Yeah. Know, where did all of that go? Yeah. You know. Um, so there's a lot of disillusionment, I think, and the government is not exactly um, helping. <laughs> so... I think there's a lot of. I think that's a that's a real tragedy. That's yeah, a tragedy. Thing abso- right there. Ab- absolutely. Mm. I and it's so because I only ever in my whole life have only heard about apartheid in sort of the past tense because I was born the year apartheid ended. Oh wow! <laughs> so you're part of that lovely rainbow. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but like I'm again, I'm from like a whole other quadrant of the planet. Oh yeah. yeah. So I'm. It was always very far away and yeah. in the past. Yeah. And so actually sort of being here and experiencing sort of a long aftermath of of that and i think that this production is teaching me even more than i anticipated Mm. when it comes to just sort of how it lives in everyday people like just how it sort of is living in these students and these performers who are of my generation being here and and really doing the work and like doing the research and learning about all of these things that i 
never would have even thought about had I not physically been here. Like the master students talking about decolonizing the story of Antigone and me not knowing what I like. I know all what all of those words mean separately, mm. <laughs> but I do not understand the what context the, of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's not that's not we don't talk about decolonization in sort of the Anglo-American Eurocentric sphere. That's not something that we discuss at all. And I think that this is an interesting example of the decolonization because one of the earlier questions that I was going to ask you like earlier in the process was how, like, how much of the Greek remains? And I'm just looking at it and the answer is none. None except for the form, I think. Yeah, I to mean. To some degree, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of the way that it's, uh, the structure's been uh, completely, I mean, because the chorus does not, you know, the chorus often echoes, don't they, what the characters are talking about, or they respond in some kind of, but they don't become the character. And in a way, Antigone, I, the chorus is Antigone. Yeah. So, so, and they don't actually respond or talk to Ismene at all. So there's a bit of a strange kind of structural shift, and it's about re, kind of jigging it in a way. Um, but there, I think there are elements of it in terms of the stage, for example, it's a square, you know, it's the world, it's a, a rectangle space, which could tip theoretically if the chorus were to move to one side. So there's some elements of it um, where the world is, is not in balance all the time. Um, and there is an attempt to try and find that balance, I suppose, so that not everyone doesn't fall off the edge of the stage. But, but yeah, for the most part, I think... I mean, I think, I think that definitely resonance is still there. I mean, I feel like I'm watching a form of, of Greek tragedy. I don't yeah. feel like I've gone, it's gone completely no, off. No, I'm not, and I'm not talking mm. about from the production in general. I'm just talking about what you specifically are creating oh, and how right. the Greek is oh God, no. fully absent from, oh, yes. from that, yeah. which, which works. Yeah. But it, sort of my, my instinct when this, uh, when this whole production started was, well, how, how, how are they meshing? And mm. the answer is, mm, they aren't. They're no. separate, but, they, no. but they're working together. They started off, it started off with a, a lot more of a Greek look and feel. In my head, you know, I was going to borrow some of the, the lines and the pleating and the kind of draping, because it's a good place to start. It's a good place, to, I mean, if you're going to look, you're going to look there. Yeah. And then as information comes, slowly but surely, and some of it has been, uh, you'll see in as many stress, there's a little bit of it there. So the style of the dress, that there's a bit of the pleating in there. So that there's a hints of it in in that um, in in that costume, and I think also you'll see it in some of the makeup in terms of the the way that it's applied and the the very kind of theatrical nature of it. Yeah. It's much more yeah. uh, closer to Greek tragedy than Act Two, which is a little bit more African in a way. It's yeah. much more earthy. And Do you have any sort of makeup planned for the Antigones or? Not for the Antigones, no, they won't wear makeup. Um, it needs to be completely different to oh, Esmeni. Yeah. So she is, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's almost like you're watching three different plays. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I'm, 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 that's what I'm getting more and more yeah. as, as we move along and as we get closer. Because uh, initially Mark was like, it's a triptych. Yeah. And I sort of pressed him on it a little bit 
and it's not even that. And he's like, and he, and then he sort of recanted, and he was like, "Well, maybe no, that's not what I mean, because it's not. We're not seeing all these things at the same time. Yeah, and that sort of that would be a triptych. That would be a triptych, yeah. and yeah. it's and it's, it's more like a curated. Jenny says exhibition, exhibition or yeah. a curated um, response. Yeah, response seems to be the, the yeah. biggest one that because yeah. this isn't. This isn't Antigone. No, <laughs> like not quite. No, not quite quiet. <laughs> not quite quiet. <laughs> no. But but it it's it's telling us something. Maybe through that idea. Maybe it's through the spirit mm. of it. But it's it's definitely something that it's 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 Antigone esque. Yeah, I mean, I guess what you're asking is, what is it about? Or why does Greek tragedy resonate so well in Africa? That that was a that was a big question. And that is a question, and that's yeah. that, that's that, that's the exploration. Yeah. I suppose that we that we're busy doing right now. Yeah. Is what is it about? Yeah, and I I think a big part of it, and and um, and Mark has said this uh, in conversations with me as well, is that there's there's definitely a, a a base part of it when it comes to sort of the way that these plays were performed, you know, in their inception, is mm. that it's song and dance and ritual. Mm. And that is something that can be easily translated into Africa and African yeah. cultures. Yeah. And I think that's a big reason why it's it's stuck around uh, like more than Shakespeare has. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, and there are not many other cultures, you know, there are some other cultures where it does, where that is also a, a kind of a traditional form of storytelling and, and, cult, and cultural expression. Yeah, but, but, uh, but in terms of like the relationship between, you know, you know, African drama and European drama. I mean, the thing about Shakespeare is that it's all about language, yeah. and that's a and that can and that's a that's a purposeful cultural barrier, mm. where you can you can sort of rid the language yeah. when it comes to Greek tragedy, yeah. and it still is the thing. It's very funny that you say that because also we we often well um, with Magnet obviously the work is often physical theatre, yeah. and in a country with fourteen official languages. Physical theatre makes sense, right? Yeah. Because you don't have to speak the language, but you can still communicate. Yeah. So physical theatre and dance took off in South Africa in a big way because it was something that we could all understand and share, that and actually sense. made unified us in a way, rather than pointing out that you're different from each other, which language can do. Yeah. So this, is, in a way, is, is just another like a step on from it. It's still very physical. There is text, um, but it's not text heavy throughout. Um, yeah, in, in fact, the Antigone part is such minimal text that I I struggled to find Antigone in it, mm. and I still have seen exactly none of Tiresias. Well, Tiresias <laughs> is going to be interesting as well because yeah. you know he will speak to you in Fossa and you won't know what the hell he's saying. No. And for a change, it's up to us to go and find out what the hell's being said. Like so many times, you've had African people have had to watch a language that they didn't understand or listen to it and, and so we're still not sure whether we're going to put some of that text in it's not all Kosa so some of it is in English and then the poem is in Kosa the visuals will probably give you some inkling as to what this is about and I, I guess there'll be information in the program but you know it's not making any compromises or excuses in terms of language um, in the same way that I've gone to Belgium and watched a play in three languages I did not understand. Yeah. But I love the play. <laughs> yeah. I s I actually, one of the other plays that I'm uh, including in my thesis research is a play called the, uh, A Bengal Tiger in the Baghdad Zoo, oh. which uh, takes place during Operation Iraqi, Iraqi Freedom in 2003. Yeah. And a good 
section of the play is done in Arabic with no subtitles. Oh my god. And I, like, as I'm reading it, it's, they tell me what it means. Right. Because for the, that, and that's because it's like the acting edition of the play. And so it's like notes for actors. But when you're on stage and you're watching it, it's like all you're hearing is the tone yeah. in which yeah. everything. <laughs> well, or like, or like, yeah, I mean. The quality you, of it. The quality. And also it's like. She's like you can't understand, but she's so clearly pleading for something. Right, right. Or she's screaming, and mm. like she, it's it's just tone and gesture, and that's all you get if you don't speak the language. Yeah, and it's a very different language to most languages. It is. Languages. Oh, yeah, but it's it's an interesting experience, especially someone like I'm, I, I'm fluent in English, and French is my second language, and I speak a tiny, tiny bit of Dutch because I lived there for mm. a while. And then like four words in Greek, and like that, <laughs> like that's all of that's like all of my linguistics. I, and I know some curse words in Spanish, but that's because I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> and but so I can't. Most of the time, I can't confidently watch something in a language that isn't my mother tongue. Right. And so to, exp and so to experience this, which is going to be a language that could not be more foreign to me is going to be a, I think it's going to be an amazing a, like a whole I don't want to say it's going to be life changing because I feel like that's putting a lot of pressure on it well I think it's going to have an effect I mean it's yeah. it's um you know I watched another dance piece on the weekend by an actress called a dancer called Jackie Job um where she uses a physical language she's she's a trained dancer but the physical language he used in that piece could not have been more foreign to the human body mm -hmm. and yet it was fascinating and I was drawn in and once I got pulled in and once you're in that world you don't want to leave it yeah. you kind of just you just want to be you're immersed in it and it's just delicious and I didn't want to stop I wanted, didn't want the piece to stop actually she could have carried on for weeks and I would have just sat there um, so it's it's interesting how that can happen, even though you don't necessarily. The thing is that it's challenging. You know, you don't go to theatre to be stroked and pleased. I mean, then you can go to the circus, I guess, or you could go and watch a I don't know. Like a musical. Musical. <laughs> so I don't watch musicals. No, I do love the odd musical. Okay. Thank you so much for sitting it's down with me. It's a pleasure. It was lovely to actually have a chat about it. It's quite nice to put it into words every now and again. Yeah. And go, what is it? You, what is it you're actually doing? Yeah. Have you thought about it? <laughs> yeah, don't stop thinking about it. I've got to go and think about how to make the door and the floor more colonial so we can decolonize it. Decolonize. <laughs> that sounds excellent. Thank God. you so much. <laughs> okay, no problem. A huge, huge thank you to Craig once again for sitting down with me. It's really nice to be able to talk about your work in a way that clearly matters to you. And this was a really, really fun conversation for me. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time. <laughs> okay, I've got a three o'clock dental appointment. Oh no! <laughs> but two thirty is the best time to go to the dentist. Why? Because it's two thirty. Oh god! <laughs> I didn't even think of.